This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning outside? Feels good anyway. Could use a little rain, but I'm not going to complain because we gardeners are going to make do. Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a locally produced program of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And for the next hour, we're going to be talking about gardening. I've got some really cheesy music coming up in about 30 minutes. And if you've got some things you'd like to talk about, things that are going on or not in your garden, that's all right. Me and my boss, Jonas Adams, in here, we're going to do what we can to get this garden party we call the Gestalt Gardener kicked off right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Live program, folks, if you want to call and talk about gardening, let's do it. I don't sell anything for a living, so I'm going to call it like I and my mother see it. We'll be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to talk some gardening if you want to. If you don't, I will. But if you got some things going on you'd like to, to chat about, some projects you're thinking about doing or something that's gone awry, give me a call. It's toll free, 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-MPB, which stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting, RING. And we'll talk about whatever's on your gardening mind. I don't have any announcements about anything going on. I know that things like Mistletoe Marketplace in Jackson and, you know, things like that. But I don't know of any kind of plant swaps or plant sales. Or So if you know of something like that want me to help spread the word, give me a call. It's real, real easy. And during the weeks, shoot me an email at garden at mpbonline.org. I'd be glad to help promote any kind of thing you'd like if it's related to gardening. I got a, a cheesy tune coming up in about 20 minutes or so. It's it's not exactly garden related, but it's cheery. It's cheesy, but cheery. And uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, che- well, not so cheery stuff, uh, for those of you who are listening to the Saturday rebroadcast, uh, it's 5th of November. You know, please remember, this is when uh, Guy Fawkes got caught sitting on a bunch of gunpowder under the British Parliament. The thing is, they're going to blow this stuff up. It's a stupid little bit of trivia, real trivia. But uh, Guy Fawkes, for a long time, they still celebrate 5th of November. This is called Bonfire Day. They have bonfires, and they shoot off fireworks, and they throw effigies of uh, Guy Fawkes into the fire. But get this, the, the, the kids make these effigies of Guy Fawkes, and uh, they parade them around. And I've, I've got pictures of them. You know, they parade them around, and those that are really well done, people give them a little money. You know, it's a, a penny for the, for the Falk, you know, for the guy. Anyway, so they, they, uh, they get money by making these effigies, these scarecrow-looking Guy Fawkes things, and then they use the money to buy fireworks and shoot them off on bonfire night. Anyway, the point of all this is that's where the word guy comes from. And you say, hey, he's a good guy or what a miserable guy. That's where it comes from, the effigies of Guy Fawkes. So when you talk about somebody being a pretty good guy, you know, this might might get you a little bit of firework money there. Stupid little trivia stuff. If you want to bring in your own, give me a uh, give me a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to start off right off the bat, way up in North Mississippi in Tippa County. Good morning, Joe. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I got a, I saw an Asian uh, persimmon tree in my orchard yeah. a few years ago, uh-huh. and the thing just got up about half my high and just sat there. Well, this year, it's put on two persimmons. <laughs> two persimmons. Uh, <laughs> I'm wanting to know when to pick them. Do you have to wait till they get soft, or, or they're hard, real hard, right now? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, and, uh, and and I don't know why you're just you know stuck there for a long time. If you ever hit it with a lawnmower or the string trimmer down at the base, you know that can can stun a tree for life. Sometimes it can kill it, so you know check for that. But uh, once it starts producing, it'll usually do more more after that. Anyway, there's several different varieties, quite a few, but there's several different varieties of Japanese Oriental persimmons, and the one that's called Fuyu, F U Y U, or Fuyugaki. This is this is the 
one that's sort of flat, not the. Yeah, I think that one's tiny nashi. I can't remember. Uh, and I don't. I would have to look that one up. But I know that furigaki is not astringent. You know, you can bite into it any time. But the others, uh, you need to you need to let them mature. If, if you ever pull a green tomato and let it turn red and, and soften on the windowsill. Yeah, you can do these the same way, you know. So after you know, after we get us a little frost or something, you know, leave them on before a freeze. Then you can so, pull them off and just just keep them until they get soft. I was, I was wondering if the frost would help it. Yeah, well, what what the frost does is it speeds up the uh, the, the after ripening process. It's just like the regular persimmons, you know, they don't need a frost uh, to lose that stringency. They need to get to a certain after ripening, softening sort of a, like a like a, a tomato that's being uh, uh, read up on the window. But they will be soft when they're ready. Pretty soft. They're going to be firm, but you know they, they they'll squeeze. You know what I'm saying? Hard as rock right now. Yeah, nowhere near. I was down in uh, in Octibaha County, um, giving up the other a couple of weeks ago, and I went by a place that's got an orchard of these things, and they weren't anywhere near ripe then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another question is, I have a I ordered a Meyer lemon tree, and it says it's hardy. <laughs> not in Tippa County, it's not. I'm going to set that thing out in my yard. I got here, got it, and I started reading on it. That said, if your temperature ever gets below 20, it'll kill it. So I, it's not as hard as I'm going to keep it inside in the wintertime. Well, what what they and, did? And it blooms. Right in the middle of winter. Yeah, see what they didn't tell you: the tree is hardy to to the to twenty, but the flowers are not. <laughs> see, that's the problem. Even in Florida, they have uh, frost can damage their trees sometimes. See, yeah. so that that's the problem: is flowers in the wintertime. If we get down into the twenties, the flowers get killed. Plus, any well, bees to bloom. I, I don't have any honeybees in my house, so I took a little paintbrush <laughs> and I tried to artificial insemination. Yeah, just just we call it pollination. I got, Two, two lemons this time. Okay. I got seven. <laughs> you know, people going to talk about you, but that's the way we gardeners are. Right. Okay. okay. Good luck that's on it, Joe. Appreciate you calling me. Hey, and, and, uh, I feel sorry for you because that first bite into yeah. one of those persimmons, you, yeah. just, you just don't know. Right. <laughs> Good Thanks luck. Good luck, man. Thank you. Okay, one eight seven seven mpb ring By the way, the hardiest citrus I know that will grow well in a pot and it blooms well, it stays in a pot, it's a small plant, and it'll actually take a lot more cold than anything. It's called kumquat. They're like little small oranges. You can eat them skin and all, but if you want citrus, a hardy citrus, they'll stay in a pot for years and years and years. Kumquat's a good one. Let's go down to Pike County. Danny's calling from Macomb. What's up? Danny? I have a rose of Montana vine. Are you familiar with that? I am. Great old-fashioned plant. Probably in full bloom right now. Yes. And uh, I've had it for probably 30 years. Uh-huh. It's reaching out about 40, 50 feet now. I love it. It's all over my building. Yeah, it's a good it's anyway, interesting. It, the seed, I've always had trouble germinating the seeds. They, they tend to germinate when they want to. Well, the, the plants. I've, I've had several of them to germinate now, and I've got plants. Yeah. And but what I want, they usually it dies out in the, in the winter time. Yeah. But what would be the best way to carry them through the winter to where they wouldn't die? The, the plants that I have in bucket containers. Well, Danny, I would leave them outside in the sun, like normal. Let them go dormant every day that it's above freezing. I mean, yeah, above freezing. If it's going to get, get down below forty, bring it in just for that. Okay, but, should I cut them back? Uh, no, you know, it's those, what those leaves are doing, the leaves are catching energy from the sun, sending it down to the roots and all. So, you know, as long as it's green, you know, it's, it's, it's growing good roots and stuff like that. It'll be a stronger plant next year. But uh, uh, what, how, long, how long have these been sprouted? Uh, for about four months. Yeah, well, you know, they may be hard enough to go ahead and, and, and you know, plant well, I'm just afraid to. Okay. I want to <laughs> well, get a head start. Okay. Well, they a lot of these plants. Uh, Rose of Montana, which is a really, really interesting little lacy sprays of. Uh, is this your pink? Most of them are pink. I've seen white ones. Well, I have the pink. Yeah. Uh, you know, it blooms you know, late in the season. Um, most of the time, you know, they die down on the ground, and they like that little dormant spell. So I would, I would leave them outside, and, it's gonna, and even if they, if they die back a little bit, and only bring them in or cover them up or something if it's going to get down, you know, below freezing. I've, I've had people to t- come while I'm gone and try to cut a plant off, a piece off to root it, but it doesn't do like that. It, it doesn't root it. It's easy to divide, though. Usually when you got one, you got a bunch of them. 
Well, I'm afraid to do that. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you, you, you've done good. you got some good backup plants. You want to keep well, them. I just want to have some plants for people that come and want one so yeah. I can give to them. Well, the main thing is that it'll do better outdoors than indoors because indoors are real low humidity and the light's not the same. So I would leave them out where they get plenty of sun, maybe cluster the pots together and throw some, some uh, bark or something around them to insulate the roots and just leave them out there. And if it's going to get really cold, either throw some plants to go over them or, or, uh, or bring them in just for that. Okay, thank you, sir. Have okay, hey, it's a really cool plant, really, really cool plant. Glad, I love it. I thanks, love it. thanks for sharing it, too. Yes, sir. If you're not sure what he's talking about, Rosa de Montana, it's a deciduous vine, dies the ground, comes back up, uh, kind of a lacy thing. It'll, it'll grow pretty pretty good size, but it has these lacy, these sprays, these hanging cascading sprays of the prettiest pink flowers. A couple of really unusual vines like that. Uh, I've got one that's called firecracker vine, Manetia. Manetia uh, uh, blooms pretty much all summer, but it's got little, little. some people call it cigar plant because they look like little, they're, they're red with a little yellow tip on them, and they're hollow, and before they open, you can pop them like a firecracker. These kind of plants that you see around old home sites and small towns and country gardens where they look for interesting stuff that you just cannot find anywhere to sell. Now, let's go to, there's a blinking light here, to Sheila, who's on the road. Hey, Sheila, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh, my IQ. What's up with you? Uh, not mine, but my coffee's getting me there. <laughs> uh, I have some neglected daylily and iris beds in my mother's yard. And uh, they really, I don't know even know where to begin. There's even some, I call them weed trees that have sprouted up in them. Yeah. And I don't know how to get those. Out. I've tried pulling on them. I've been waiting for a big rain. That's probably why it ha- hasn't rained <laughs> to yeah. pull them out. Um, but I just don't know the process. I don't know. Do I do I rebury the? Do I need to dig the bulbs up? I know the irises like to lay. The rhizomes like to lay kind of on the ground. Yeah, yeah. The but top I don't part. Know much about the daylilies, and do I do I cut the tops off? Do I mulch over it? I'm, I just don't know, and I don't want to start and yeah. are you gonna, not you, finish it. Are you thinking about redoing the whole bed? Well, yeah. They just yeah. my dad passed uh, five years ago, uh-huh. six years ago almost, and I just didn't realize how much work he did in this yard. Oh yeah, but it has. He had something to do every day, and no one's done it for I'm gonna say five years. And um, it's just it's looking ragged. And my mama, I, I know that it would please her to come out and see. You know, this yeah. spring and all nice and pretty well, and beautiful again. It, it, here's the first of all. I mean, this. It, it, I don't know. Where you, you're on the road. Don't know where you are. But in Jackson, I'd love to plant some stuff. I just got some some really cool bulbs from a, a listener who lives down in Summit. Sent me some of those old uh, red amaryllis bulbs. Really looking forward to planting them. But I can't dig right now. It's just so dry and hard. Right. So right. what? So what just, take take your time. You know, your dad may have done a lot of stuff, but he probably spread it out because uh, he did. He was working in there every day. Yeah. Yeah, well, you don't Every have to. Day. You don't have to do that. Trust me on this. But if you do it right, you know, the, the the when you do it, it'll be a lot easier down the road. And that means digging the dirt a good solid shovel's depth and adding some compost to it. That's not easy okay. to do right now. So what I would do is, as you get around to it, uh, the 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 iris the daylily, you can go ahead and dig those up and set them to the side. Put them in pots, or heck, you could put them in in uh, in plastic grocery bags. Just set them off to the mm-hmm. side, and uh, okay. you know, as, as you get around to it, you know, shake a little, you know, leave a little dirt on, but not too much. And then gotcha. as you get around to it, work the bed up a little at a time. You know, get rid of the weeds, dig it as best I you can. You. After a good rain, it'll dig it a second time, and really spend some time until you get that dirt, what I call kind of creamy, a good gotcha. shovel's depth. And then you can put stuff back as you get around to it. And, and, and to answer your so, question, it mulch around the, the daylilies, you know, but irises around them. That yeah. was my next one. You know, okay. the, there's a lot of um, rules about gardening, but iris is a uh, iris is just about there's only a handful, mostly iris that don't like to be mulched. Everything else, it'll help keep your weeds down. OK. All right. So the daylilies, are you telling me to dig those up, too, and put them in bags and just. Yeah. Them yeah, they're perfectly right. fine. And, uh, you know, that you, you big thing trying to work around. There's no, so no, many. No. 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 Varieties that they're trying to work around them all. Well, if you'll if you'll put, make a little area off to one side, you can lay some cardboard down and put them on top, and then cover them up yeah. with mulch. Then gotcha. they'll they'll do Leave fine. Them out there. These are tough okay. plants. These are tough tough plants. 
great. These irises are beautiful. Some of the stalks have five blooms on them. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to want to cut them back in a fan shape, you know. And they put out all new growth and bloom and all in the spring. I've, I've watched so many iris people put out irises, and they look like little, about the size of your hand, little fan-shaped things. And that keeps them from flopping over. All righty? Okay, well, we're going to take a break. We've got a little bit of, uh, a couple of minutes of stuff to, to somebody else wants to talk to you about. But we're going to come back with more of your calls. We've got a call from Picayune. Got some lines open if you want to give me a call and talk about gardening. I, I shouldn't say give me a call. Give us a call because we have all sorts of people who listen in. And when I get stumped, which, by the way, I made a terrible mistake last week. And, and I'm ready to fess up when we come back. But anyway, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring We've got uh, Kevin Ferrell is the phone greeter today and my our producer today is sir jonas adams always have a good time with that team we're going to come back with more of gardening here on the gestalt gardener on mpb right after this Woo-hoo. Support for MPB comes from Grammy Museum, Mississippi. Presenting funk, soul, and R&B artist Nigel Hall in the Sanders Soundstage for a conversation and live performance. November 29th at 7 p.m. Details at GrammyMuseumMS.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Great show, and I appreciate it. Glad to get to talk to you. Thank you for your informative show. Wow, I can't believe it's that simple. I've been working at this for a while. Thank you so much. MPB Mississippi is our mission. MPB is your home for live election coverage. Listen on election night for results and analysis from Mississippi's election authority, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For more than a year, the election has consumed the nation. I am officially running. We're president of the United States. We're going to build the wall. Women's rights are human rights. And we will make America together. The process is rigged. Trump's hate. On November 8th, the votes will finally be counted. NPR will have live round-the-clock coverage. Join us for the results, reaction, and analysis on the big night. Tuesday at 7 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, welcome back, uh, Gestalt Gardener and Jonas. You know, this is radio, and they can't see me, but let's see if they can hear this, see if they can hear this. What we got? Yeah, they could definitely hear that. Head slap. <laughs> Why are you slapping yourself? Because <laughs> last week somebody called about St. Joseph's lily, and I was all, well, it's a red spider lily. She said, well, it's got white stripes on the flowers. I said, well, whatever. Just see me, blah, 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 blah. And I was totally wrong. And I knew this. First time for everything, right? Yeah, well, no, that's not the first time, but it's the first time you can find experts who re- who, who gleefully admit it when they're wrong. Ooh, I left a mark on myself. Yeah, he, he really gave himself a wallop. <laughs> but St. Joseph's Lily, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a hardy red gladiolus, small gladiolus, not those fancy florist-type gladiolus. I'm not, what, here you go, ready? Again, oh. <laughs> Amaryllis. Don't be so hard on yourself. Amaryllis. Well, I got two marks now. I'm matching. I can look real cheery here. Well, you, you <laughs> use the same cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like I learned by now. And uh, uh, St. Joseph's Lily is a hardy red amaryllis. It's a small thing, and it blooms prolifically, and it's hardy pretty much throughout the month. Well, it's, it's hardy throughout the state. A hard, hard winter may kill it back in extreme north Mississippi. But it's an old-fashioned, been around for a long time, and uh, sort of a little red thing with white stripes on the petal. A really, really tough plant. Anyway, a listener from Summit, uh, she didn't give me her name, but she said she got one from an old lady who had them in a ring around a uh, telephone pole. They multiply real well. And uh, also, I've got one coming, I think this is what it's going to be, not sure, from Jim Perry, who's over in uh, Neshoba County. So we'll see. But anyway, hardy red amaryllis. 
perfectly hardy, multiplies well, blooms mid-spring or so, and um, it's just a prolific little plant, St. Joseph Lily. You know, I'm not going to slap myself again because I beat myself up Please enough, don't, but. please don't. We had to get you an ice pack in a second. <laughs> but, but have I done myself proper for being ignorant? You've done yourself proper. Yeah, see, my way of thinking, ignorant means you just don't know yet. Right. Stupid means you don't care. Well, we know you definitely care. I do care, but oh, I've, I've got a little stinging reminder now. Let's go to us to to Macon in Knoxville County. Hey Carol, good morning. Oops, I pushed the wrong button. Is this Carol? That's Barbara. Barbara. Barbara from Picayune. Hey Barbara. Car- Carol, we'll get to you in a second. Oops. Good morning. Good morning. Wait a Are we connected? Here, here, we, here we go. Ouch. <laughs> What's up this morning? Well, I've been away for two weeks, and we've not had any rain, and I, I'm in fear that I'm going to lose various um, hydrangeas and my, my native um, um, azalea. Uh-huh. Everything is very, very parched. Yeah, it hasn't been two weeks. It's been two months. Well, I, I mean, know, but uh, I've been gone two weeks, yeah. and everything was okay when I left, and and should I just put the hose on and give them a good long soak or what? That's all they need. Uh, and, and it would be better in, instead of a good long soak. You know, if your water, when water starts to stand or run off, it's not going in the dirt anymore. So what yeah, I do. Well, I have a big yard. I have an acre of yeah. stuff. Well, um, what, what I would do is I would, put, I would put the hose by plants for, oh, 20, 30 minutes or so and then move it to another plant and then bring it back to the, to, to the other ones. In okay. other words, you know, water them a couple of times for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes or so at a time. Yeah. And that, that way it really soaks in without wasting water. Okay, that's good. Now, the other thing is I called you, but I hadn't any naked li- lilies. Well, I went walking to scope out the place yesterday, and they're all coming up. <laughs> <laughs> they were just waiting. You know, they said they were waiting on rain, and finally they said, heck with this, we're going to bloom anyway. Well, they're just about five inches tall, so I'm going to have a late bloom, but I'll enjoy it. That's, that's right. Well, anyway, don't, you know, Barbara, it's, it's late enough in the season where a lot of the plants that normally drop their leaves. Yeah. Or, you know, they would, a lot of times they'd have dropped the leaves from coal by now anyway, so I wouldn't worry quite so much about them this late in the season. Because well, they're, they're, they're really frazzled. Oh, I, I know. I've seen privet hedges wilting. I've actually lost some parts of some yopon hollies, which grow in cemeteries. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that hot and dry? Of course, I got real heavy clay soil, but not much you can do. I've watered. I, I tell people I never water. Well, I, I usually don't water. I rarely water, but I've watered some plants the past couple of weeks. So. All right. Well, I'll take your advice. Thank you. Okay, Barbara. Appreciate it. Welcome home. Thank you. All right. Oh, listen, uh-huh. Connecticut was beautiful. What a beautiful autumn I enjoyed. It was it's gorgeous. A, is a, what, what part? Were you out on the western well, edge? I was everywhere. How, I was in Niantic on the coast. I was in Stanford for my 65th uh, high school reunion. Wow. And I was up in Watertown, which is... Right what, there in the middle. Yeah. I, anyway, I had a great time. Well, good. Well, welcome back. And, uh, you know, we've got camellias that are just starting to bloom now. Your I see friend, buds, yeah. Yep, your friends in Connecticut are going to have little drifting mounds in the snow while we got camellias. Oh, I had a first snow <laughs> last Thursday. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear it. Bye. <laughs> Only an inch. <laughs> see Thank you. Only an inch. Okay, let me see. Did I push the right button in? Who am I talking to now? Is this Carrie or Carol that's, or Larry? It's Larry. Larry. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. <laughs> morning, Felder. How are you? So, wait, hold I, on. Sorry, Carol. We're going to get to you in a second, yeah, we promise. I got bifocals on and these blinking lights, and my fingers don't match up. What, what, what can I help you with, Larry? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm hoping you can help me identify a plant. Uh, I've seen quite a few of them around the Bluxy area here. They, at mature, they appear to be about three feet tall. They have a, um, a purplish, uh, woody type stem. They have long, slender leaves, about three to four inches long, non serrated edges, and a purple trumpet type flower. Yeah. Uh, lo- lots of, uh, I mean, they look like sort of like petunias on tall plants. Yeah. 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 This is probably, this, several plants could fit this, but the, the most common one is called Mexican petunia. 
And okay. The, the last name is Ruelia, R-U-E-L-L-I-A, Ruelia. It's a good, hearty perennial. Some people don't like it because it tends to spread a little bit. I just uh-huh. think that they, they, they just don't understand that, you know, so do eyebrows, you know. And, you know, and you just pluck them. But anyway, it's a great plant. It roots well in water at the leaf joints. They have kind of knobby leaf joints. Yes. So they yeah. root really well, really well if you want to get some started in water. They're also uh-huh. very easy to dig and divide. Okay. All right. And, and, are and trust, either available in nurseries or, or some, sometimes they are. It's a good yeah. plant, but it's not, you know, it's, it's one of those locally available plants. But trust me on this. Anybody who's got it is more than glad to share with you because it's a real easy-to-divide plant, and most of the time they quickly get a little bit more than they're really comfortable with. All right. It's real real easy to divide, real easy to root. All right, Felder, thanks a lot. Okay, good luck on it, Larry. Uh, all right. Okay, now I'm scared about this, Jonas. I've got three lights, and the one that's blinking is not the Carol from Macon. Right, we got to get Carol on. Okay. Would you like for me to press the button for you? Uh, I'm going to push it. I'm going to see if this happens. There it is. Carol, you with us? Yeah. You know, you know I've, I've, only been, I've only been doing this since 1983. You'd think I'd get the button thing down by now. <laughs> okay. But it's Still a, here. Okay. Um, so I have some kind of pest, nocturnal pest, that comes into my flower bed mm-hmm. and just wreaks havoc. And uh, I have gotten up like at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning to try and look through my blinds to try to catch it, never do. Uh, it has unearthed my some of my gladiola bulbs. Yeah. Now, the thing is, it doesn't eat anything. Uh, you know, it's not yeah. like a deer. Uh, it just... It's an... Roots thing up. It's an armadillo. That's what they do. Oh wow! You know, not not possums, armadillos. They come out from the woods at night and they root around looking for grubs and stuff like that. And they, I mean, they'll they'll turn hostile. I work with folks who take care of botanic gardens, and including in Louisiana. Okay. You know, if you get some Acadians down there in Louisiana, and they don't know what to do, you know. But the armadillos come out at night and they root stuff up. Well, one good thing is that it aerates. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it airs it the roots kind of your plant. Looks ugly when it kind of you know right things up. And unfortunately, the the you know there's not any kind of repellents that are effective. There's a lot of repellents on the market, and some people swear by them. But overall, the people who work in for this for a living uh, pretty much agree. Uh, you know, you, sometimes I don't know in making if there's going to be somebody who rents or loans out these these uh, animal tra- have a heart live traps. Uh, but I know they have them at box stores and stuff like that. But uh, you can catch them and you know let them go because there's nothing else mm-hmm. you can do, and they're coming from some woods nearby. Uh, yeah, they recently built some uh, apartments not too far from me that used to be a wooded a pasture. Yeah. So, so the animals I guess that they've been displaced. Yeah, they they, they the apartments they're eating my. <laughs> yeah, one one thing you can do, uh, you know, and this is what country people used to do. I mean, everybody they still do this in Europe and uh, where they have pests. So they have a lot of uh, little roaming things. It's put a little fence around your flower bed, just around the flowers themselves. It can look cute and it works. Put what around it? Just a little fence, you know, a little low fence, you know, a foot and a half or so tall. You know, just a little decorative oh, uh, border type thing. in my front yard. This I, is I know. I know, but, well, you, you know, see, the, you, you know, you, you got you got three choices. Live with it, catch them, or fence them. No, those are the three, okay. three, pretty much the three choices. And if you want to eat them, you need to boil them a little bit because their meat can carry leprosy. <laughs> so you need to boil the meat for at least 20 minutes. That's what my Cajun <laughs> friends tell me. I'm just saying, that's all. I'm not Cajun. I'm not Cajun. Yeah, I know, possum on the half shell. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll catch it when you send them to you, Phil. So. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> all righty, Carol. Listen, good luck on it, okay? Thank you. All righty. We're going to got some cheesy music coming in a second, but let's go down to up to Tupelo and talk to Beverly. Good morning, Beverly. How are you? Hey, Felder. I've got a question about care of perennials like daylilies and daisies mm-hmm. in time of drought. I've been watering my flower bed mainly to bring up the spider lily foliage. <laughs> and, and it should uh, be up. Mine's coming up already. Oh, it is. Yeah, it finally came up. Uh, but my daylilies and my daisies still have green foliage on them. That's okay. And and is that okay? Sure. I mean, uh, should I keep watering them or... 
you know, we'll you just know, let them die out. Most of these kind of plants, hardy perennials, uh, you know, uh, uh, daylilies and things like that, they'll, you know, they'll survive even if they go completely dormant for drought. They'll come back. You know, most of them will. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking a really good deep soaking every three or four weeks, a really good soaking is all they they need. Okay. And every okay. couple of weeks is great, but not necessary. Okay. And every week is starting to get excessive. Okay, and the same thing for the spider lily bulb? Yeah, spider lily, their leaves come up in the wintertime. They go over the winter. We have plenty right. of rain in the winter, and these are tough plants. I mean, okay. you know, we see these in cemeteries, and it might be a little indelicate, but the dead people can grow these things. You know what I'm saying? They don't really <laughs> yeah. need much coddling You're right. at all. You see them around old abandoned home sites. Nobody does anything to them. Yeah, okay. So, so I would I only worry about them except once every two weeks. No, I'm going to say your day lilies at least every three or four weeks. The spider okay. lilies, they don't need nothing. They don't need any okay. care at all. All right. Great. All right. They'll save time. Well, Thank yeah. You. Yeah, and they'll do fine. Thank you, Beverly. Appreciate you holding and being part of our, our little party. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. Folks, we've got uh, some calls from the Gulf Coast all the way up to the prairie part of north uh, central Mississippi. We've got some lines open. You want to give us a call? We're going to take a little bit of a break and listen to some cheesy but cheery music. And uh, we'd like to also give a shout-out to the folks uh, down in Mobile. After I got out of uh, uh, off the program last week, I meandered down that way. Had a great time. They had a plant swap around the uh, Central Prez. They got a little uh, uh, community garden there. But, I mean, I saw things like like plumerias, uh, interesting plumerias, clarodendrons, gingers, chocolate plant, cassava, loquat, uh, palms, giant salvias, persicaria, iris, cardinal firebush, dipper jew, crinums, weeping Mary Budlea. All these were a plant swap, and the kind of people who grew them were getting together and having a good time and laughing and sharing. Wonderful opportunity for gardeners and plants to get together, even if you don't belong to any kind of clubs. That's what I like to help out with, folks. That's what the Gestalt Gardener is here on MPB. It's a garden party. We don't even care if you get dressed. Come on. My dear friends, well, here I am on record at last, and it feels so wonderful to be here with you on my first album. I'm so happy, oh, happy, happy, lucky me, I just come my way, living every day, a lovely band and what a thrill it is to have them play for me from the Capitol steps to your front door mpb news covers the state like no one else our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life mpb news online at mpbonline.org and on mpb think radio 
A few years ago, director Jeff Nichols realized he'd missed a vital piece of American history, the Supreme Court ruling that struck down bans on interracial marriage. I was approached with the documentary in 2012, and for that to be the first time that I heard about Richard and Mildred Loving was kind of unacceptable to me. I'm Audie Cornish, a conversation with the director of Loving, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, welcome back. Living in the sunlight, having a wonderful time. I hope you all appreciate Tiny Tim. He was classically trained to irritate people to no end, but he enjoyed what he did. I enjoy what I do, too, which is talking about gardening. Uh, I do, I, I'm tired of smacking myself in the face, so I hope this next lady, Darlene in Mobile, asks me something that I know. Morning, Darlene. Good morning. How are you doing? Howdy, howdy. Well, I'm fine. It's Friday. It's a beautiful God day. It's I'll a nice you, day. You just can't beat it. That's right. That's right. Even since we didn't have any rain, since <laughs> whenever. What can I help you with this morning, Darlene? Okay. Um, I need to replace a couple of Leland's that everybody says they die in a few years. Uh-huh. They certainly are. Yeah. I-, I want something for a little privacy between our driveway and our neighbors. Right. Yeah. We are thinking about the Jap, uh, Japanese holly pencil. Yeah, the real narrow thing. Yeah, uh, how narrow it, is it? Oh, there you can put your arms all the way around uh, a, oh. a, a grown one. Well, I see, a, I see a, some out somewhere, and they're bigger, rounder than that. So what would that well, be? The, the, and the, they the, look like they've been trimmed, but before they are, I don't think nobody gets out there and trims. Well, there, there are so many types of Japanese holly, so many different kinds. But the pencil yeah. one is, 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 it looks like an exclamation point. Oh. And, uh, and, but, and, and let me throw that, I don't want to be, com, you know, whatever, but Japanese hollies, of all the calls that I get, and emails I get about plants turning brown suddenly because they don't, they can't take the, the whatever. Japanese hollies, pretty as they are, they're real sensitive to staying too wet or too dry, and months later they turn brown. Oh, Lord, and so die. It w- would not be my first choice to depend okay. on. I would use them as accent here and there where, you you know, you got round shrubs and need a spiky thing. Yeah. You know, I would use those accents. There's actually a, a an upright yopon holly. Uh, it's called Will, I think it's called Will Fleming. Anyway, uh, it's real narrow, and the yopons are a lot, lot tougher. But anyway, if, if if you depend on these kind of plants for a screen, the third one for the end is always going to let you down. I don't care what you plant; third one, the end is always going to die. Oh, that, that's just a just like if you plant a long row of crepe myrtles. I don't care what you plant; third one, the end is always going to be pink. That's just well, that's the way good. it shows up. But uh, do you know what a baffle is? Uh, do you live in? Can, can you put? You know, do you live in a neighborhood where you can put little structures in the garden? Uh, we don't. Okay. Sometimes you could take, you know, you could take a piece of lattice, you know, this is like three feet by six feet. Yeah. Turn it sideways and lift it up off the ground three feet or so Mm -hmm. and suspend it between two posts. You know, all it is is it's called a baffle. Two two posts, piece of lattice, turn sideways up off the ground a little bit and then tone that down with a vine. Oh. And then put one of these Japanese pencil hollows at one end, put something else, Nandine or something other in it. No, no other, decorate it with different kind of plants. And that yeah. way you have the effect instantly without having to depend on the plant surviving. Okay. You know, this, so it's called a baffle. would be about the best. Well, it's, it's, it's real easy to do. And again, if you, if you put like some four by four posts and you paint them real nice and put a little finial on the tops of them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks nice, put the posts out there first and let everybody get used to it. Then put your lattice and put it, paint it a nice color and then, you know, pretty it up with some plant. Or you can actually put the posts out there, plant stuff around it until people get used to that. Then put the, 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 in other words, sneak into it that way. Okay. And that really works. This is what, what designers do in real tight neighborhoods where people need privacy and the plants don't quite do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, all right. I'll and, give that a try and I'm going to check it out. Yeah. If you're not sure what it, we got going. If you'll send me an email, um, I'll send you a picture of one to show you what they And they're real, real simple and they can be kind of elegant looking. Okay. All right. And your email is what? Garden at org. 
And, and there's, there's, there's some more plants that, you know, that we can use. We need something narrow uh, that doesn't, you know, not going to scratch your paint and all that on, on the cars. Oh, no. But you also yeah. want something that you can absolutely depend on all year. And the choices are kind of limited there. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give this one uh, a look, and then I'll ma- um, email you on that. Shoot me that. It's a real, real simple trick. A lot of people just, just don't even think about it. And I think we can help get away with it even in a... Uh, air quote nice neighborhood. Oh, our neighborhood, no, it's just natural. Okay, well, it's an we, old well, neighborhood, and it's, it's been here forever, and everybody's got hundreds of camellia bushes, azalea bushes, oak trees. Well, well the, trees. The, the baffle thing works instantly, and it can yeah. be, and like I say, if you paint it, put little finials on the things, it looks real nice. Mm-hmm. It's okay. in, in instant, and it costs, you know, to, the whole thing together is going to cost you $30. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, That's darling. Food for thought. Okay, right. appreciate you. it. You have a wonderful day. You get out and enjoy some of this sunshine. All right. Okay, and I see a blinking light. I'm going to push it, and I think that's going to take me to West Point, where Annie has been holding on for a long time. Is that right? Good morning, Felder. Hooray! What's up? Well, I wanted to ask you, how do you plant and how do you care for an amaryllis bulb in a pot to ensure that it will bloom in subsequent years? That's a good question. Uh, first of all, you know that part of the year they go dormant. They're going to die down no matter what you do. Right. And that's important to, to understand that. Well, you want to, to water it when it's got leaves on it. You want to water it, and you want to give it some fertilizer, a really good, well-balanced fertilizer, because potting soil doesn't have the goodies in it that dirt has. You need to choose a potting soil, I mean a, a fertilizer, that's got the little micronutrients on the side. They're listening. It doesn't doesn't matter, you know, how much you remember, but under the you know the ingredients, it'll have the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash, which are important, but it'll also have zinc and copper and molybdenum and calcium, a little iron, you know, that kind of stuff. So get a, a pot a fertilizer that's got those little trace minerals or micronutrients listed on the side. Will Miracle Grow Miracle Grow is a really good one. Uh, it's got all that stuff, you know. And, and keeping in mind that Miracle Grow, like other water soluble fertilizers, doesn't last very long. So you need to use it at recommended strength, maybe every fourth or fifth or sixth watering. So we're talking about you know maybe once a month or so. And then that's pretty much when the leaves are up and they need sunshine. So if you could put it outside where it gets sun, that would be better. That, that, that That's real energy. And that's where those leaves get that energy and couple it with the fertilizers and the water, and they make the flower bud. Have it in the house, put it in a window? Yes, yeah. Amaryllis is a full sun, outdoor, tropical, subtropical plant. If it doesn't get real sunshine, it doesn't get the energy it needs to make a flower bud. They, they got to have sunshine. So yeah, if you got a south facing window, that gets more sunshine uh, than any other window. And do you need to take it out of the pot or do anything through the summer? No, not really. You know, when the leaves die down, you know, just let it, you know, let it go, you know, rest for a little while. Then one day you'll notice it's got new leaves coming up. That's when you start watering and fertilizing it again. Okay, thank you, Felder. Well, that's a start, Annie. If you have some more questions about that, shoot me an email. Okay. Okay, thanks. All righty, one eight seven seven MPB ring. Want to talk about gardening? Uh, here it is. This fifth uh, of November, Guy Fawkes Day is tomorrow, and um, we survived the weirdness of Halloween and all that spooky stuff. Let's have a little bit of fun now. Let's go to Jackson and talk with Robert. Hey, Robert. Good morning, sir. Good morning. What's up? My question, Felder, relates to the care of evergreen shrubs. Mm-hmm. When is uh, can they be pruned any time? Can they be fertilized any time? Are there some no-no areas that shouldn't touch them? Yeah, well, well, keeping in mind that you know I have to balance both horticulture training and plant physiology and all that with what my mother and my grandmother and my great grandmother did, and they didn't do anything right, and it worked. But keeping that in mind, in general, most shrubs need to be fertilized. Early in the growing season, which in in our case will be sometime in the spring, and just sometime March, April, May, sometime in there, a little fertilizer, 
and um, and that's it because this time of year they need to slow down and get ready for winter and fertilizer can keep pushing them make them a little too tender see so fertilize in general in the springtime and then as far as pruning it takes a little while robert for the new growth to come out and if you prune them after the middle of the end of September, the new growth, when it comes out, it'll be too tender to make through the winter. So in general, we say better to not prune in the fall. So if you want to prune in the wintertime, springtime, summertime, that's fine. But give them time for the new growth to come out and toughen up before frost. And if you got something you need to just neaten up because they're looking kind of raggedy, once we get us a frost, they're through growing for the season, you can neaten them up then and they'll stay neat. Okay. So my my rule of thumb is September, October, November, you know, I wouldn't prune anything except just to neaten it up. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, that's some, some real general stuff. And, again, people do stuff all backwards, and it still <laughs> works for them. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Okay. Appreciate it, Robert. All righty, folks. we got some lines open. If you want to give us a call, we've got plenty of time to talk about gardening. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, listen to this uh, theme music, which is performed by Thomas Grillo. He is a thereminist. Theremin is the only instrument that you play without touching it. And he played a, recorded a duet of himself playing the Gestalt Gardener's theme song here on, on his theremin. We're going to take a break and come back with your phone calls. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. If you've got garden email, garden at mpbonline.org. So we're going to take a little break, come right back with hopefully some phone calls right after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, who will be the next president of the United States? Hillary Clinton? I will do everything that I can to make sure that you have good jobs with rising incomes. Or Donald Trump? We are going to make America strong again, and we are going to make America great again, and it has to start now. The race for the White House is in its final lap. Republican Austin Barber and Democrat Brandon Jones break down the candidates on At Issue this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB-TV. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, folks, welcome back. Got the lines wide open. If you want to sneak in a phone call, we've got plenty of time to chat about stuff. one mpb ring And uh, by the way, I don't want to get into uh, a lot of people disagree about stuff, and there's plenty of stuff to be disagreeable about right now. Um, and there's two things that people are going to argue about right now, this time of year. One is who's going to be the president. And it doesn't matter to me, but I will tell you this. The next president will be determined by who doesn't vote. So get out and vote. Make your, you know, make your, just vote, okay? That's the way it works. The other thing is, and, and, and let's get along afterwards. The other thing is whether or not to rake leaves. I mean, a lot of people get real upset about this one because, well, it's just your opinion, fellow. I don't have an opinion. It doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. But the fact is, if you rake leaves, it looks neater, okay? It looks neater. And the fact is, if you let the leaves pack down, it can smother the grass, cause disease, and make it stay too tender. And a lot of hard freezes can penetrate through those leaves and kill the grass because they're too tender. So leaving them can cause problems. Raking them looks pretty, but it can cause problems. How about this? Can we learn to get along here? If you'll mow your leaves, mow them as much as you can, that breaks them up little pieces. Worms come up at night. They eat those little leaf clippings. They take them down deep in these holes, converting it into a really rich vermicompost, some of the richest natural fertilizer you can imagine. And they make these holes down deep where air and water can penetrate. So you'll have deeper Roots for your trees, for your grass, for everything. Worms help 
feed plants and they, they increase the drainage of the soil and they eat leaves for living. So mow them as much as you can. They get too thick to mow and just can't see the grass when you're done. Then break them or blow them into a mulch pile, a leaf pile, you know, make a little design, connect your trees with it, whatever. Do that kind of thing. And it's in other words, look, we, we can get along here. Uh, now let's go up to Columbus. Hey, Nick, thank you for calling. What's up? Well, I got a question about figs. I've yeah. got a uh, one of my fig trees is an LSU gold, uh-huh. and I planted it about three years ago, and it's now about nine feet tall from single stalks from the ground. Yeah, do I need to uh, trim that back yeah. to a certain level where yeah. it just doesn't go completely yeah. out to the point? Yeah, if if you don't, they just get taller and taller and can't pick them. But also, if you prune them, that makes them branch out with more branches and more figs. But now, there's some something unusual about figs. If you'll follow the tip of the you know the end of the branch all the way back to where it started this past spring, okay, all that's this year's growth. You want to leave about a third of that. You know, you can cut them back as far as you want. They'll sprout back out, but you need to leave some stubs of this year's growth because what Branches off of that next year will have figs. If you cut it back further, it'll branch out, but won't have figs. So go for the tip back to where it started back in, in, in uh, April and leave some of that. Okay, appreciate it very much. Okay, appreciate it. I, by the way, have you have you eaten the, the LSU gold before? Yes, I have eaten LSU gold, and they make a better preserve than they do a heat yeah, the reason I ask is because I haven't tried that one. I've tried the LSU purple, and I really don't like it. There's something weird about the purple one. It just doesn't have the right texture or something. But the gold well, was the a... Texture, the texture of the gold uh, is very thick. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, uh, it, it's just a thick, big, big, and it doesn't have much center in it. And uh, if you... Yeah, it does make a very good big preserve. You just just have to have to cook it down a little bit longer. Say again, please. You have to just cook it down a little bit longer to make sure it gets nice and soft all, all the way to the middle. That is correct. Yeah. Make big preserves out of it. All righty. Well, Nick, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your call and good luck on it. Thank you. Okay, now let's go to Goodman. Maggie, Goodman is where my truck is right now. My old, I don't know if you ever saw my green truck with all the flowers and stuff planted in it. But it got stolen a couple of months ago. And the uh, the the uh, the automo- te- uh, repision, re- automobile re- re- collision repair technology guys there at Goodman are just finished. They're going to start painting it on it next week. Well, yes, I it's a very good department over there at Holmes. But I wanted to talk about armadillo. Oh, kidoki. I had a neighbor who cooked every kind of wild animal, I think. So she called my husband one day and said, how do you skin an armadillo? Ooh, I don't know how you skin one. Okay, so he told her to put it out in the road and run over it. <laughs> So that has been a joke for us forever. And plus it tenderizes it too, right? I guess so. <laughs> Maggie, thanks for calling about that. I love right. you. Thank you so much. Okay. How to tenderize and skin an armadillo at the same time, just put it in the road. See, that's one of the reasons why in the back of my truck I have, uh, I, I usually plant basil and oregano and got some garlic and some rosemary because you never know when you're going to need something like that. Anyway, we've been yakking about gardening for the whole hour, and we got plenty of stuff we can talk about. I'm going to be here every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturdays. If you have questions during the week, you know, and you, you need a quick answer, contact your extension office. Sometimes they have master gardeners. Sometimes they always have access to people who know their stuff. Sometimes they tend to recommend stuff that's a little bit, you know, left brain agriculture. But if you have questions during the week and you've got a day or so to wait for an answer because I'm gone a lot, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. A lot of fun stuff to be done this fall. Lots of stuff can be planted, daffodils and garlic and kale and all that stuff. But here on MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, the Gestalt Gardener between Jonah Saddles, my producer, and Kevin Farrell, the, uh, today's call screener, and me, Horticulture. Fellow rushing. It's been a fun, fun little garden party, and I look forward to, to talking to y'all next week. Meanwhile, 
Take a kid to a farmer's market. Take a kid to a garden center. Get them a bag of bulbs and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.